Utah and Colorado finally face off. Who will emerge victorious and what are the keys to the game we're talking about on today's Locked On Utes and Locked On Buffs crossover. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Buffs your first listen every single day. I'm JT. We're just so excited to be joined by Kevin Bohr of Locked On Buffs. We want to thank you for making both of our shows your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and review on YouTube. Like and subscribe. We love interacting with all of you in the comments. And also want to tell you today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Buffs is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, all caps, no spaces. Kevin, looking at this game now, it's uh, drastically changed from maybe what we thought it could be early on in the season. Uh, not just even from the standpoint of we thought this would be Cam Rising versus Shador Sanders. Right. And now it's uh, the game in terms of the teams of records. The quarterback situation is crazy. There's a lot of storylines we could dive into. Both these teams kind of limping into the final. Uh, don't feel like either side is like ready to necessarily go out there like give every like yes they're gonna play hard but it's just the, the vibe around this game i think we both feel like is definitely like two teams that are tired and kind of ready for the season to be over in some ways but once yeah. again both sides will play hard not saying that but i think the first thing to start with is will shador sanders play got hurt last week against washington state and i mean that game really didn't go the buffs way throughout but obviously not having shador was a huge factor in that do you expect to see him in rice apple stadium i don't uh i was checking through the good old twitter and well-off media stuff and he wasn't practicing yesterday. So usually when a person doesn't practice a game week, it's not a great sign. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's unfortunate for Shadur Sanders because I feel like a lot of people hate on him for the, the watch celebration. They hate on him for all the commercials he's in. Um, but he seems to be a good teammate. He's never once thrown his lineman under the bus and he's never once um, kind of shown that he's going to back out of a tough situation. I genuinely mm -hmm. think he's just beat up. Um, he's the most sacked quarterback in the country and He's been sacked like 55-ish times, I believe the number is already. And it's just ridiculous that he's been hit that much and has still been able to perform at a high level. But I think the last game was a little too much. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's a little banged up. And I think, honestly, there's no point. And I say this. I know I'm not a big fan of people sitting out. Like when Zion Williamson at Duke was injured and everybody was like, yeah. let him sit out. He'll be the number one pick. I'm not a fan of that mindset. But there's nothing to gain from this game in particular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think you kind of want to be ready for next year. So even if he could go, I if I was Coach Prime, his father and coach, I'd be like, let's sit this one out. I think there's a couple of great points to make there. Number one, it's so different. Like you mentioned the Zion thing. Let's, let's go back to Caleb Williams for the regular season. Right. There is such a difference in me in terms of like, you're hurt. You'd be playing through an injury in a meaningless final game versus right. Caleb being healthy. A lot of games left to play, still a chance to get ranked and do a number of things on the season, get a high bowl game. And once again, just keep winning games. There's a lot of time left. Yes, you're out of the playoff in the Pac-12 race, but you can still get ranked. All those things were still on the table, even at the time they had suffered a loss, because we do see teams that have numerous losses on the season now that are getting ranked and continue to be ranked, cough, cough, Tennessee. But anyways, going back to what you were talking about with Shador, I'm a huge fan of Shador. I have zero. I always think it's funny when people bash guys for like being commercials, like they would turn down an opportunity right. 
commercial. That's where it's crazy. And also, if you're going to be in a commercial, you want to back up the play. Shador Sanders has more than done that. There's a lot of people talking about that if he went out this year, he'd probably be a top five pick. I feel like he'll come back next year and be the first overall pick in the 25 draft and just help Colorado in general have a much better season, which we are kind of expecting in year two of Coach Prime. So, no, I'm with you. I got no issue if Shador doesn't play in this one. I'm sure if it was the college football championship game or even a playoff game, would he be toughing it out there? Sure, but it's a lot different. Your final game, you're not going to get, you're not even close to getting bowl eligible, all those things still in the scenario there. I got no issue with Shador, but uh, surprisingly, Utah also has a quarterback situation now. And for those of you who are (laughs) fans, we're not talking about Cam Rising. So this is where this stuff gets really weird to talk about because this is not like been reported by a journalist that I just like, like no one trusts, like a Pete Thamel, all those things like that. I'm not trying to take shots or anything at the sources, but this came from Reddit and a lot of Utah fans been running from with it. Apparently Bryson is hurt. Bryson Barnes, Utah's normal starting quarterback. There's other things that have been said about Nate Johnson. I really don't like what's being spread there. If it is not true, then eventually we will discuss that. But the things that are being said, I just I don't want to talk get into that until that is a faction proven. But at the moment, there's rumors that Luke Batari, who at the moment is Utah's fourth string, everyone's calling him the fifth string, but Brandon Rose was I don't know where he kind of fits into this because there's rumors he's healthy because he was going to be the backup to start the year. It's been it's been that kind of season for Utah. Yeah. For those of you who are just joining the latest episode of what's going on in Utah, the hit reality show this season, basically. But look, <laughs> if Batari starts for Utah, the passing game will be incredibly limited. I would not be surprised to see Utah throw for less than 100 to even less than 100, like 150, less than 100 yards in this game. I think they would just constantly try to run the ball. And unfortunately, Kevin, for Colorado, I still think Utah's probably set up for success if that is their plan of attack. Yeah, I think especially I didn't even touch on this. If Shadur doesn't start, they'd go with the freshman, Ryan Staub, who has 16 career passes, um, went six of 16 on those passes. Hey, threw it to himself and caught a pass last week and then threw an interception. I've never seen that before. It was, you know, it's going to be an ugly game, I I think, passing-wise. And so if Utah is able to run the ball um, with Jaquin and Jackson or Sione Vaki, whoever it is, um, even the the fifth-string running back that was controversial with the controversial touchdown against ASU, like, it doesn't matter. I think Colorado's defense is beat up. I think think the hard part about college football, and this is just, like, for everyone in general, is when you're not playing for a bowl game, um, a lot of your guys are kind of – I won't say transfer portal candidates, but I'm interested to see how many guys return next year. Yeah. It's like, is there a lot to play for? Is there a lot of effort? Because mm-hmm. Colorado looked pretty terrible against Washington State. And I think the worst part was I feel like Washington State was a beatable team for Colorado. I projected them to win. Mm-hmm. I obviously didn't account for Shadur Sanders to go down in the first quarter, but it looked like they just didn't care. Like they were, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like the tackling was sloppy, the effort level was down, and it was they had the flu, which I know Utah has this week. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if they get up for a game like this. Like, I don't know if they get up to go tackle Jaquin and Jackson 35 times because I don't know yeah. if I'd get up to tackle Jaquin and Jackson's two times. Yeah. Alone that many times. Like he's a big guy. Utah's running backs were both physical. And like, I just wouldn't want to test it. And I, I feel like this Colorado team is just out of, out of breath. Like I am, cause I'm currently under the weather, but I feel like they're just struggling to get, get through it (laughs) no i I think you're right i just think that's the vibe and you mentioned it for colorado how there's nothing on the table for them utah has already gotten bowl eligible and yes i expect utah to win and do their thing because they are 
Um, just they've been the better team as of late, even off the Wasp Arizona where things didn't look fantastic. Just this team's been so good at home. I think that's another thing that kind of plays into factor here about what I expect from this Utah team. So, yes, I feel good about Utah, regardless of who is starting a quarterback. And uh, that, I mean, that's the with Utah, they've been able to win all season because of how good the overall talent on the roster is. Colorado, so often it's been like, man, it's, I'm so glad Shador's there because it's the only reason they're yeah. in this game right now. They've, and, had, uh, they've had some like. If you look at Colorado's schedule, they had a chance to have six wins. That Stanford game, I think we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona, um, they were a, a made field goal away from winning the game. And so it's like, I think that took a lot of wind out of their sail. I think the Stanford game was one we'll look back on, regardless of how Coach Prime Sanders goes, and be like, that game changed a lot of things because they demoted the offensive coordinator, which was has been an experience of itself. Um, and it just feels like that game kind of killed the vibe for the season. Um, even though like Oregon beat them to death, they could have kind of beat USC, but they like ran the ball when they didn't have timeouts, which was a bold strategy. Um, and then they just like, there was like so many games where it's like, ah, you would hate to see that. But then the 29 point comeback uh, by Stanford, like really killed them. And now it's just like a dead man walking. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a culture problem. Um, I've kind of thrown floated this out on my show, but I coach primes talked to his team a lot about, do they love football? Um, college football is not the end all be all for all of them and like i just feel like there's a lot of in the locker room issues that they're dealing with and i feel like we're kind of seeing the the result of that on the field when you start talking about like do you love football that's yeah it gets really concerning but that's well like you said we're at the final game of the season and it's just gotten to that point for colorado and utah's ready for to be over but we'll see what they're able to do as we said i'm feeling good about Utah right now, but I do want to talk about the keys to this game and to talk about if there was a path for a Colorado upset or what I expect Utah to try to do to take care of business in their final home game of the season. I want to discuss both those things in one moment, but first I want to tell you guys about one of the sponsors of Locked On Utes today and Locked On Buffs in eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Also, I want to talk to you guys about another sponsor of our crossover episode today in our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, but the parents don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you can earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Kevin, I hinted at it a little bit earlier, but I do think Utah's strategy going into this one, the keys to the game, especially if they are indeed down to their fourth, fifth string, whatever we want to call them, quarterback, is to run the ball. You do not want to be in constant third and longs with a guy who has gotten, 
I'm going to guess only on the season until like this week, the scout team reps to kind of prepare the team. And even that, when we're talking about the fourth and fifth string, I just don't know how, how many of those he's even gotten. That's where this is just an uncharted territory for Utah and for most college football teams in general. Utah wants to run the ball. I think that'll be their plan offensively. I expect them to do that with their strong rushing attack. It's been pretty stout most of the season, even if their offensive line's been up and down. We already talked about kind of the deficiencies in the Colorado front seven. Then looking at the other side of the ball for Utah defensively, I think for Utah, it's, I mean, it's, I'm trying, it's interesting to like look for a key because this is one where I do feel like, okay, I like Utah's run defense. And look, I do think the Colorado receivers are capable of winning against the Utah defensive backs at yeah. times because it's a pretty good unit, but I don't trust the quarterback who's going to be playing to distribute them the ball accurately. Like Utah's defensive backs aren't bad. They're not amongst the best in college football. So they will yield that little separation, but you just throw a bad ball. That's where yielding. I don't expect guys to be like crazy wide open. That's just not how team, the teams that have beaten Utah, the Oregon's and the Washington's in particular, that was Michael Penix and Bo Nix with great ball placement, finding open receivers. If that was Shador Sanders, that's where I'd be a little more concerned. But I do think Utah will have success. And I don't think those DBs for Utah are going to have to hold up in coverage too long because I yeah. do think Utah is going to be able to get pressure as well, which uh, a backup quarterback under pressure is never a recipe for success. Right, and he's only a freshman. Um, this yeah. is this is gonna be his first career start if he goes. Um, this is assuming that Shadur Sanders isn't gonna play. By the way, guys, yes. he didn't practice, so we're assuming he's not gonna play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the keys for Colorado, because obviously this would be quite the win. Mm-hmm. If Shadur's playing, you just want Shadur to pop off. Like it, that's kind of been my key every week, and people get on me, but it's like, no, that's literally a key of the game. Like he has to play well. He has to throw for four hundred yards, four touchdowns. Um, if you're Ryan Staub, I would say limit the mistakes. I feel like. Uh, don't get sacked a lot, which is difficult behind this offensive line. Um, they struggle against anyone with a pulse. Um, I think that realistically, short, quick passes. Uh, I think if you could get the ball to Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, and just let them try to make plays after the catch, because Utah, uh, while they are a good defense, not not everybody's human. Everybody's susceptible to a little run after the catch, a little yak uh, yeah. action. But uh, I would also try to run the ball. Uh, not easy to do against Utah, but and Colorado is, has the worst rushing attack in the country. But Utah's down pass- two linebackers in this game, more than likely, unless Karani Reed surprises us and plays this week. He did not play last week, and Lander's been out the entire season. So Yeah, so, I mean, give it a shot. You know, they, they had their best rush game last week, and I think they ran for like 90 yards as a unit, which was exciting for Colorado fans because they haven't uh, ran the ball effectively all year. And so when I'm saying these keys, they're not like exciting keys because it's realistically like, you need a big game from the quarterback, and you need which probably not going to happen. I mean, hope hopefully Ryan Staub balls out and has won his start, but you know you never know. You got to run the ball a little bit effectively, and then defensively stopping the run is going to be hard. And then if they if say it is Luke, he's obviously not going to be able to throw the ball that much. And if he does, I doubt they're going to want him to throw it to Travis Hunter's side. So maybe get a big couple plays from the defense. That'd be a, another key for me. Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're right on there. I think you kind of need those crazy big plays and those kind of uh, big moments in general. Uh, but you mentioned like, it's just, it's hard. Number one, it's hard to win a rice cycle stadium. It's a, you need your quarterback to play exceptionally well quarterbacks that have beaten Utah at home since 2018, Jake Browning, Washington. We know what he was able to do. Bo Nix just did it this year. Those are two pretty good college quarterbacks. We just mentioned that's yeah. where if, like you said, Shador in there. It's like, okay, you could you could potentially see that, but it's just it's hard to do with the back. This is an extremely tough place to play. We saw what they did on the opening night of the season against Florida, and it hasn't stopped them there. It's a reason they haven't lost a true home game since 2018 before suffering the loss to Oregon. With all that being said, if Shador does surprise us and play, and this Colorado team finds a way to get a win, 
I think there's a lot of excitement and optimism actually going into next year, even though you lost the, even though you won't get ball eligible and all of those things. I think it's like, man, they showed, they came together even when everything was going wrong in their season and found a way to beat a Utah team. Even if Utah is down to their fourth or fifth string quarterback, it's like we said, it's still a game we expect Utah to win. And even if Shador was playing, I still think just because of the overall roster talent, if I knew Shador was playing, I'd still pick Utah just because of all the different pieces that Utah has that I feel like at this moment are better than Colorado. I think the Buffs can get there, but that's the tough part of being in the first year. And I'm a firm believer games are won and lost in the trenches. And that's how Utah has won a lot of games this season. And yeah. it's not how Colorado has won most of theirs. It's how they've lost all the year. <laughs> it's how they've yeah. lost all of them. Uh, yeah, I think realistically, just to kind of piggyback off your point there, it's kind of like, if Colorado does win, I think that's a good momentum swinging win for recruiting for the transfer portal. Just like Arizona last year winning against UCLA. It felt like that was them turning the corner slightly, and we see what yeah. they did this year. There's nothing wrong with the morale victory or moral mm-hmm. victory just because you go into the season, you start off really hot. I don't think I've ever seen a college football program or just story so relevant, and people get on me for saying that, but Colorado is literally still to this point the most watched team in college football by like 30 million viewers. So it's like there's basically a game and a half between them and the next opponent or next team. Okay, for a next team. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it's crazy to see how, how high they went and how low they're going. So a win here kind of, it's obviously not going to regenerate the hype. There's no like stakes for them, but it's kind of like, okay, they don't quit. And I think that's kind of the notion around this team right now is that they're going to quit. And if I'm that team, if I'm say a backup quarterback or a backup corner, who's getting to play because someone's hurt, I would take that upon myself and kind of carve out a role for myself. Use this to carve out playing time or something because obviously there's nothing to play for. But you don't want to be that guy that doesn't quit because that always shows up on film. And you want to be – Excuse me. And I also think if you're a Colorado like you are a backup or something like that, I think you'd love – I am still a believer in what Deion Sanders is doing. I think Deion's really good for college football, to go off your point. for I I just love watching this sport, and I love when new people can enjoy it and find reasons to root for teams, as has been the case with Colorado this year. If I'm a backup, I want to be a part of this team going forward. And depending on how you were performed, like you said, if it wasn't up to par, they could also be looking for – there was obviously large roster turnover at Colorado. It's not going to be what it was last year. I still think a lot of changes could be coming again this year because they're not where they want to be. They, yes, they did get ranked earlier in the season, but not, not going to finish close to that, as we kind of mentioned and discussed. So there's yeah. going to be those big wholesale changes again. And uh, this is a game I was really looking forward to. I think we both were at the start of the season. This rivalry has not been much of a rivalry in terms of close competitive games. But yeah. I still think there's reason that this could eventually get to one, whether it's next year in the Big 12 could be hard with Cam Rising coming back. But I think with Shador back, there's still a chance that Colorado could be in there. I mean, honestly, this is just us being Pac-12 guys, maybe like the three favorites to win the Big 12 next year, at least right now to me. I yeah. think maybe I'm being a little too high on Colorado by putting them in the top three. But even as an outsider, I just believe in what Deion Sanders is building. I think they're going to bring talent in. The favorites to win the Big 12 for me next year would be a Utah and then Arizona or Colorado after that. I feel really highly about the three Pac-12 teams going to the Big 12. Yeah, I totally agree. And I honestly, you look at the Big 12, what they have right now. Like we can just go through the list. UCF probably going to lose John Reese or John Rice Plumley. TCU, I don't know what their situation is. They're kind of rebuilding. We'll call it Baylor down in the dumps. Uh, Kansas State, they're a solid team. I'm not going to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else am I missing? Iowa State. Kansas, Kansas yeah. is solid. Same Iowa thing. State's kind of like a, a mid-pack, middle of the tier, middle of the pack team. Yeah. Kansas State, Kansas, they're both good. There's just no team that I look at in the Big 12. I'm like, that team's going to be the team next year. And so, Especially like not said, BYU, right? Yeah, no, not BYU. No. 
They they have I, I thought BYU would be a lot better than they were this year. I was like, Keaton Slovis, here we go. Run it back. We've done this with Slovis like four years now in a row. That's where I kind of felt like they would disappoint a little bit. I, I just I just have faith in the guy, you know. And so I just guy. look at this Big 12 and I look at Colorado, like realistically, and that you could totally agree or disagree with me. I think Colorado will have the best quarterback in the Big 12 from like an overall I agree. for sure. For sure. Point. I agree with that. I, I, yeah. I already said the guy's gonna be the first overall pick in 25. Right. You know, I agree. So it's like they have the best quarterback. They're going to have Travis Hunter. Um, they're going to have uh, Shiloh Sanders, who's a, a pretty good safety. You know, he's a hard hitter that he just makes big plays. Yes. Um, so you just need trenches, like serviceable, serviceable guys in the trenches, which is a lot to ask for because – and let me let me give you a little breakdown for all the guys that say the portal, the portal, the portal for Colorado. You're not going to just go out and get five starting caliber offensive linemen in the portal. Like those guys that are starting – and are really good, do not transfer. They are not receivers. They're not corners who will go wherever the NIL is or will go wherever they just want to go. Offensive linemen do not transfer unless they have to. And so Colorado realistically needs to go and get like a backup from like a SEC school and hope that he could play. Um, Cause they tried, they tried it with the group of five FCS stuff, FCS schools. And I do, obviously don't think it worked. So get backups from high quality sec programs maybe a you maybe a guy from like a program like i don't know ucf who started uh, maybe got injured or something and like try to get a power five guy with starting experience because it's not easy I, people keep saying to go to the portal it's not easy it's not like like colorado could any day go to the portal and get a really good receiver and i wouldn't surprise me if they do but that's not what they need <laughs> people will be lining up to play with shador sanders Right. Well, people will be lining up to block for not Shador, but for Colorado. I'll say just with how, once again, the season didn't go great. Uh, Dion did throw the offensive line on the bus a decent amount. I don't know how much a transfer going to look to that. I'm just stating facts, and I'm not saying that was he wasn't incorrect in his statements. You just don't see a lot of coaches throw a group under the level that he did. So that's where it was just a little. It's a different yeah. style of approach. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the quality you guys get. I I do think it's going to be heavy in the portal, but we'll see how they perform. That's going to be interesting. But before we do get to next year, which we are already both very excited about, Cam Rising coming back for Utah, Colorado getting Shador back more than likely, and then upgrading in those key spots. We hopefully think that that just the ascension that we usually see coaches and programs make from year one to year two. We think that's where they're going to be. Year two is going to be exciting. But we still got to close it out with some predictions for this upcoming game that we have this Saturday. And this last time these two teams are going to play in the Pac-12. So that's something that is noteworthy, kind of crazy. This will be one that continues. And hopefully the rivalry will just straight up be better in the Big 12. But it's the final Pac-12 game for both sides. So kind of crazy end of an era in that regard. We're going to predict the outcome and the winner of that in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about another sponsor of today's episode of Locked On News and Locked On Buffs in game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music and comedy and theater events near you they have great last minute deals all in price views from your seat and their best price guaranteed game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets i mentioned that view from your seat that's my favorite feature you know what kind of a deal you're getting on the seat because you can straight up see the view that you'll be getting they also have low price guarantees and even event cancellation job loss protection there are so many great things mention that game time guarantee that means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code. Once again, it's L O C K E D O N. 
college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, for $20 off. Download the game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Kevin, your last Colorado game prediction of the year, because as we mentioned, unfortunately, you guys are not bowl eligible. So is Colorado's error in the Pac-12 going to end with a victory? If Shadur Sanders was playing and, like, semi-healthy, I would be like, maybe. Yeah. Um, since he's not, I'm going to go with no. Um, I, I wanted to give people some clarity on where I stand as a someone who covers Colorado. I projected them to go six and six prior to the year, um, which up until last week was possible. Like they needed, they could have won the last two. It is what it is. Um, but this Utah game was always a loss for me. I expected, I think we did a crossover episode like prior to the season, like yeah. did like a really far ahead look ahead. Yeah. And it was like, Camp Rising should be playing, Brant Cuthy will be back, and like. The defense is going to be good. And, like, I didn't account for Utah to have 30 injuries. But this Utah, team, yeah, this Utah team is still really experienced. They're still very sound. And I think they have not a lot to play for because, obviously, they're out of Pac-12 contention. But they're already ball eligible. Yeah. And so I think they'll – I think Kyle Weddingham's going to kind of light a fire under them and be like, this is where it matters when it almost doesn't. You know, like kind of like the Kirby Smart thing where everybody's like – where they're like, nobody counted on us or nobody believed in us. Like – I said we win five games. Yeah, I think Kyle Whittingham needs like a a motivational type speech like that just to get the guys going. But they're more physical. They could run the ball. Their defense is probably gonna, even if they they're missing Jonah Ellis, Lander Barton, anyone, they have a freshman quarterback. Yeah, they have a freshman quarterback that they're going against. He doesn't have a lot of reps. Um, Kind of the downside to having a great quarterback and Shadura is your backup never plays. And (laughs) well, that and every game being a shootout, your backup never plays, and so. This is a big game for him to kind of be like thrown into, and I think it's going to be a lot for him. It's going to be a lot. Are you putting a score prediction on it? Oh yeah, sorry. I'll go. Uh, let, let me let me check the spread real quick. So the spread, I actually have it up. It's twenty-one okay. and a half for Utah in favor of Utah. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like if we, if it's the Colorado team we saw last week, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a a forty-two to like seven victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Utah. Maybe they pull their foot off the gas pedal a little bit just because they kind of didn't like what happened to them with Arizona. Uh, maybe maybe they pull the foot, their foot off the gas pedal. I think Kyle Winningham is a very respectful guy. I don't think he's in the business to embarrass anybody. And I think this would kind of be a game where everyone would want him to embarrass somebody because there's three types of fans in college football. You love college football. You love Coach Prime or you hate call, or you hate Coach Prime. And so I think the hate Coach Prime people want to see him lose by a lot. And this is just one of those games where it could happen. Uh, but I don't think Coach Winningham would do that on purpose. But it's definitely a game that I expect to be out of hand by midway through the second quarter. So you're putting a number on it? You say 42-7? 42-7, yep. Oh. I actually I didn't expect to predict Colorado to score a little more than you, by the way. But I guess that's what happened here. I'm going to go Utah 42. I actually did have 42, so we're right on that number two. Nice. I just had Colorado with 10. I figured that at some point in the game, they'll get a field goal, another point, a touchdown. One of those things is going to occur. Um, you just mentioned kind of the cultural difference with these teams right now. Like Colorado really feels like the year's ready to be over. Utah still has the bowl game to play for. Are they ready for the regular season to end? Sure. But I also think this is a program that just does have a, they have a standard that's been set for them in the past. They play with a lot of pride. They've now lost two, two straight games. They haven't lost two straight games since the first couple games of the 2021 season. And also there's just a big difference to me from an eight and four season to a seven and five. I, I think there is a difference in that regard. And I, I do expect this Utah team to come out with some fire. I think a lot of the, the backups for Utah have been buying their time. And I just feel like they're 
they're ready to go if they do need to step up. And they've had to play a couple times throughout the season because of all those injuries we discussed. I, I just think Utah is going to want to send their senior group out on the right note to get a home victory. Colorado already played their final home game of the season, as we know. So I, I just feel like this is a game where Utah comes together. Also, just you mentioned all the kind of the coaching craziness for, for Colorado. That's the welcome thing that Utah has with Coach Whittingham. It's consistency. And it doesn't just start with Coach Witt. It starts with Morgan Scalley, who's been there for a while. It's Andy Ludwig, who's been here for a while, too. And I feel like those guys are dialed in. They're locked in. I think Utah is still in a better position right now. They, of course, are the better team at the moment, too. And I do expect them to take care of business in their final home game of the season with a big rushing performance on the ground. I do think Utah will eclipse 350 yards on the ground in this one. And, well, I, I know, Kevin, it's a lot, a lot. Like I said, it's, I, it's probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. Just to hear it out loud, it's like, oh, shoot, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You mentioned the Colorado defense uh, statistics, not me earlier. So that's where I'm, <laughs> I'm just go, I'm going off of those. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's crazy. This will be the last game of the regular season for both sides. It's been a, a crazy fun season covering all the games. But uh, I know the coverage doesn't stop with the regular season, Kevin. I think it's going to be an eventful offseason for Colorado. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big offseason for Colorado. Um, realistically, I'll, I'll do a quick breakdown. I don't want to take up too much time. No, we're good. <laughs> They're probably going to have to replace their offensive coordinator. I don't think you demote. No Nof- Pat Shermer love? No, I, I don't know. I think That's at least Sean Lewis-wise. Sean Lewis left a head coaching job. I don't think he left a head coaching job to be demoted. Plus, he's linked to the Syracuse head coaching job, so could go there. Um, is, did Pat Shermer show what everyone was expecting? I don't know. I hope not. Um, I don't. I don't feel like he impressed. And so you got to replace that. Um, Warren Sapp is joining the staff next year. I don't know what role, but he's joining the staff. Um, and then obviously you need Lyman. You need a lot of different linebackers and stuff. So. Huge offseason. You have a lot of people to replace, a lot of cultural building things to do. And so it's going to be a big offseason for Colorado. I expect a lot of recruiting and transfer portal noise around them, but it's going to be a big one. I think this is kind of like the the testing point, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say, for Colorado, because if they don't attract talent this offseason, maybe the coach prime effect is wore off, which I don't think will happen. But I, I think you can kind of speculate, like if that doesn't happen, are people kind of worried about what's going on in Boulder? But I think he's got a lot of momentum. I think it just finished ugly. Yeah, it, it did just have a finish. But like I said, what he already first of all, season was already a win for what it was last year, and uh, and how it's yeah. trending the right direction. The hype, everything. It was fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching Colorado play. Uh, so I still obviously fondly remember the Colorado State game, the first game of the season against TCU. Were a lot of fun yeah. moments. Good time. Way. And I'm, exci- <laughs> I'm excited for this rivalry to continue between Utah and Colorado. And hopefully, like I said, become what it was supposed to be as a rivalry in the yeah. Big 12. As for Utah-wise, we'll do a lot of those conversations that, that you kind of mentioned. But first, we'll have to do some bowl game preps. That's kind of what's coming up on Locked On Utes. Make sure you guys keep it there. But we appreciate you following along both of our shows throughout the regular season. We'll be back with you even on Saturday and or Sunday, excuse me, depending on when these drop, breaking down the, the outcome of this game and getting you ready for the postseason. But, Kevin, it was fun recording with you, man. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for today's Locked On Youth and Locked On Bus. But we'll be back with you next week. Enjoy your college football regular season final Saturday.